When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Friday, October 14th. If there's a high-pitched squeal, I am on YouTube Live. There are some, uh, I am referring to them as the dog pound, <laughs> saying that there's a high-pitched squeal behind me for some reason on uh, YouTube. Um, there are others of us who can't hear the high-pitched squeal, so I'm saying that they are dogs. Um, yesterday, my personal apologies for yesterday. I am not the only one, I will say this, I am not the only one who saw none of that happening. Um, we were on Active Trader Pro a little bit for about maybe 30, 40 minutes. I think there were about seven to 10 of us on YouTube Live um, where I was kind of going over a little bit of the Bollinger Bands, a little bit of the the, the candles, blah, 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 the whole thing. Um, so you could see it. Um, and and I kind of went for a run, and then all of a sudden, it was crazy, just crazy. Um, I came back, and, and the market was way up. Never expected it. There was nothing that indicated to me that that was going to happen. Um, now, when I look at the S&P, if you look, this is a daily chart of the S&P. And you can see, this is why I, I, I kind of say that we might be going back up uh, at some point in time. I just, 3,200, there's a key level at 3,200 on the S&P that if we are going back b uh, before COVID, that's where it's got to cover and it's this gap, but it may, you know, it's July, 2020. It's way back when. You did have a cross up of the S&P um, on a MACD basis. It does look to be kind of in no man's land with an RSI of 43. But that candle right there is huge. Um, it goes, uh, the uh, SPY yesterday opened at 349. The low was 348. Um, that was during the trading. Uh, during the, the pre-market, I think that was closer to, um, I think it was closer to somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 334. Uh, the high was 367. It closed at 365, uh, 4% during the period. Just to give you an idea, um, this thing never, look at the, if you look up here in the upper left, as I scroll through, you don't see 4% in the, 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 the period. Uh, it is significantly below 1% um, on a daily basis. So that is a huge swing in the SPY. Um, nobody expected it. Why did it happen? Um, nobody can say for, for sure why. Uh, the Bank of England, or I'm sorry, the government of England, there were rumors, there was a report that something's going to, you know, they're going to uh, go back on their taxes, which made the dollar weaken against uh, other currencies, which again is going to help our stock market because corporations reporting earnings won't have currency issues. So there was that. Um, but then the CPI number came in hotter than expected. Inflation is still around. We're still, um, there's still an issue. The indication that, that I think the best explanation I heard was from Bob Pisani on CNBC. And now don't ask me how the volatile index, the VIX, V-I-X, is actually calculated. When we talk about UVIXI, that's what we're talking about. Uh, with UVIXI, you're expecting the, the, the VIX to go up. With SVIXI, you're expecting the VIX to go down. Um, with UVIXI, we, we, we expected it to go up. I completely expected UVIXI to fly yesterday. It did not. Um, there were th a couple of reasons. There were, there, there's really three, a 33 VIX indicates a 2% price move daily on the S&P. And, and a 33 is... 2%, and, and as I scrolled through there, you could see there really wasn't a 2%, but the expectation is with the VIX at 33, it's going to be a 2% move. Um, there are three things that are really moving that VIX. There's the uh, CPI, which was inflation. There's the Fed meetings and the hikings. And then there's elections. 
And the best explanation I heard was the 33 on the VIX, which indicates a uh, 2% price move. Two of the three catalysts to move that up wound up moving the VIX down, which then triggers algorithms to start buying. Um, and, and big money start, quote unquote, moving in. That's the best explanation I heard uh, as to why uh, we went up yesterday. It, it was a VIX rally. It, there wasn't a catalyst. Yeah, we were uh, slightly oversold, but it wasn't a crazy oversold market. Um, you know, it, it, again, uh, the, the only question is elections. So the VIX is dropping since two, three, or two out of three are, are out of the way. The elections are still in play. Um, I, I honestly, I'm eating, I'm eating pie here, humble pie, because I had no idea that that was going to happen. Now there were a couple of people um, who tipped me like a bartender. Uh, two in particular, Jesse was one, but <clears throat> who said, "Hey, I, I played the 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 the." Um, uh, Traded the trend, and once the trend changed, got out of their positions. Um, I think there was a, a few people in SOSX, a few people in um, uh, S, SPXU, a couple people in SQQQ. Um, I, I know I heard from probably about 10 people yesterday, 10, 15 people, um, about positions that they exited because trading the trend. Remember, uh, one of the questions uh, on YouTube Live yesterday that we were talking about is why I use weekly, why I use monthly, why I go to a one-minute, a five-minute, or a four-hour chart, and it's to find trend. Um, if you're on a one-minute or if you're, you're doing day trading and you're trying to have a short position, you're, you're going to have a shorter uh, chart, meaning you're going to have a one-minute, a five-minute, maybe a, you know, a four-hour chart if you're swing trading just by you know, a couple of days. If you've got a longer-term position, look at your daily charts and understand that the trade, the trend will change from those charts when you actually look at it. Your moving averages, your 200-day, your 50-day, your 9-day, your 21-day, those are the moving averages that I use. Your MACD, all of that stuff will change when you change that time frame of chart. So trading that trend, under, they, you know, these people understood, hey, the, the, the trend changed. Now, overall, the market, trend didn't change. We're still in a downward market. Uh, look at this spy that's up on my screen right now on um, uh, on TrendSpider. If you look at that, that portion, you can still see that 200 is still in a downward movement. Yeah, you've got some gaps here. But it is also clear that that 200-day is providing resistance, not support. It used to have support here where it bounced up. It would go down towards it, and then it went up, and then we lost all of that support in January. It is now providing significant resistance. And that 200-day uh, is right at about 416. There's some gaps below there, but there is no indication that this is the actual bottom and turnaround. I still continue to say we're seeing some type of bounce. Uh, it's going to take more than just one day to make that bounce um, stick. Uh, yesterday's S&P, it's the widest intraday trading since uh, COVID, March of 2020. Um, the candle size is huge. So one of them that didn't move, didn't move much yesterday at all, is Amazon. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. We don't have a MACD cross up. You know, you can see, look at that MACD. It's just kind of flat. We're still kind of below it. It just crossed down a few days ago. Um, you, you had an opportunity yesterday to get it at, what, close to 100? Yeah, 105. Um, I, I, I I think 105 is a, a pretty good purchase price. I still think 110 is probably your pivot point on Amazon. Um, it just, consumer discretionary didn't participate yesterday. Um, it, it didn't, uh, the, even the ARCs, uh, you look at ARC-K, which is their, their flagship. We don't have a MACD cross up in here. Um, it is up this morning, but look at how, how, how far that is from actually crossing up. You'll probably get in in a couple of days, but I, you know, again, that 200 day right there, you can clearly see since August, that's been providing a, a resistance level. So if you're going to buy into ARCs at 36, I wouldn't expect to get above 40, um, you know, maybe 42, 44. That's ARC-K. ARC-W, um, this one's up 4% in the pre-market. I don't even know why. I'd have to look at the holdings to see why the hell it went up that much. But it didn't participate in yesterday's rally. 
uh, Arc F financials were way up yesterday. JP Morgan Chase, you could have bought, remember how I said it, uh, around 100, buy it? It's at 110 right now in pre market. Um, that is a crazy, crazy good stock. So you've got um, this, again, these 200 days on a lot of these stocks are providing uh, resistance, not support anymore. Uh, that is a good way to determine, hey, if I'm buying in here and we get into a, a really flying market and, and the uptrend starts, if you identify this before you get in as a short-term trade, that'll provide you some resistance level. Now, positive stocks. Uh, I'll just bring DRV into this as, a, as an example. And DRV yesterday got killed. I mean, just, you know, it, it got destroyed. Yesterday's candle, uh, the morning candle, and I'm on four-hour candles, so the morning candle, which closes at 1.30, so it's 9.30 to 1.30. The open was 83. The high was 84. Uh, the low was 75. It closed at 75. So you went from opening at 83 down to 75. Uh, I would say, um, you know, again, if you're in DRV, you're seeing the button hook. I can tell you, uh, you know, the last time this happened was what, a week ago, September 30th, where I said, if you're in this one at 66, I'd get the hell out at 66. Well, the out, and, and I posted that on Twitter, and then somebody said, what? It's up 10% today. Well, fake me out. The algorithm knows better than I do uh, on that, that particular one. Um, but it's getting another button hook here, and it's run. It's run quite a lot. If you're holding on to this one, remember, there's a triple levered uh, a bear on the, the real estate market. It's triple levered, so it moves quick. It also is a decaying asset, so it's not an investment strategy. This is simply something that you use to trade. You use to play the market. You use to hedge. Uh, you know, Say you own a home builder's. Uh, or you own American Tower, which we talked about yesterday, which uh, is a big, um, has gotten beaten up and is a large holding specifically in DRV. Uh, but you can see that button hook starting. So if you own this one, eh, you're on a Friday, you've had a good up day, um, you know, you can, you can move it. I'd say that, you know, again, that, that the moving average, I have a 21 day moving average here, which is the yellow line. That's one where I would say, hey, you probably want to look at, you know, that one as resistance and it's at 71 right now. <clears throat> I'm sorry, support. It's at 71. So I would just look at that. And again, remember, you're trading the trend. This is an upward trend. DRV, get, make no bones about it. This one is an, uh, an upward trend. Um, yeah. So here's one thing that I noticed yesterday, and I'm reading my notes because it's a little hard to explain, but Apple, we had a cross up of Apple, um, which you guys know, I'm, I, I don't trade it, but if you wanted to trade it, 14172. Um, I, I've said, hey, when it dips under 140, that is an absolutely fantastic buy. When it's in the 140s, I think you're doing well. I, I think, you know, again, 10 years from now, are you going to be upset that you bought it? at uh, 144 versus 141? No. Uh, are you going to be upset that you bought it at 142 versus 137? No. Um, so you, you've got an opportunity here with a MACD cross-up. I wouldn't say this is the greatest setup that I've ever seen, but you do have some gaps here between 143 and 144 and 160 and 163. And there's a small gap up here at about 171. Um, that has not been covered on the way down. Um, so it does need to be covered on the way up. At some point in time, their earnings are coming up October 27th. So you do have a catalyst. Here's what you have to understand. More than likely, most of these companies are going to either bring down their forecast or they're going to have some type of weakness in their current earnings. Um, that's just a guess. Has it been beaten down enough to actually accept that? With Apple, I don't know. Again, we talk about uh, Apple specifically, the, the market wanting this to be just a, a kind of normal S&P company with the PE at 23, or I'm sorry, the PE at 17. It's currently at 23. It wants to bring it down to 17. Uh, so I, they're going to have to do something crazy. Um, you know, they do always buy back a ton of stocks. They do whatever. Um, but that is one what my point in bringing up apple is not just the cross up 
it's because yesterday what we saw was people, uh, it almost seemed like people were rebalancing for the end quarter. Um, And I say that in that energy went up, Apple went up, Microsoft went up. So those three things were, were big, big, big movers. And they seem to be a flight to safety because energy, we all know. And I mean, I, I can't say it enough. Energy is still in play. Uh, it's still working and it's still on a positive trajectory. So I, I think, you know, those three things, let's look at Microsoft. Did Microsoft have a cross up? That was quite far down. I don't know that that had a cross up. No, we didn't have a cross up on Microsoft. Um, it's getting close. I can tell you that. I, I texted a um, executive at Microsoft yesterday who I'm, I'm personal friends with. And I said, aren't you upset? She, she had texted me, um, we're down to 227, I'm going to barf. And, and I said, don't barf, buy. I said, change your B. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she texted me later in the afternoon, oh my God, you're the best big brother in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can see the candle there. I, I mean, Again, part of this is we were in uh, you know six days, six straight down days. Uh, you needed a positive day. Eh, it did what it needed to do. But if you look at Microsoft, you got a gap here between 241 and 246. Um, you've got a gap here between 260 and 265. You've got a gap here between 282 and 285. At some point, those probably get covered. You're trading at 235 right now. I... It, 235 to me is a fantastic price. If I didn't have six figures into Microsoft, I'd probably be buying more. Um, you know, Google, let's talk about Google, G-O-O-G, because G-O-O-G-L uh, doesn't perform as well because they buy back. We had a cross up here at 99.63. I said anything under 100, you guys can buy. It's trading at 99.68 right now. Uh, let's see, I own G-O-O-G-L, and that's over 100. But get this one under 100. I mean, it is in no man's land. But you're not going to time this thing for a, you know an 80. Uh, just start adding. If you want 100 shares of this, say you want to buy a $10,000 worth and you want 100 shares, buy 10 today at under $100. Uh, if it goes over 100, eh, who cares for the next week or two? Wait to see what it happens. If it hits 110 uh, and you see the trajectory going and it's not overbought and the RSI is low and the MACD is still under the oscillator, go ahead and add more, 10 more shares. Uh, you know, you, you have time, be patient. That was one of the things I told people yesterday too. They were like, oh my God, I got to buy into this rally. Don't buy into a rally. Buy on those days. Should have bought the day before when it's painful. Warren Buffett's advice, be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. Perfect example. Don't buy into yesterday's rally. Um, SOXL. Uh, I had a couple of people in SOXS. Um, because that was the trend. SOXL had you out, but wow, that was a big candle yesterday. Um, yesterday morning candle. Uh, the open was 642. The high was 836. So let's see. Um, what's two divided by six? It's a 30% move. 33. 33% move. In one freaking candle. Again, this is a triple levered. Um, semiconductor, and, and they've been beaten down. So SOXL is the long one. This is the one that did great yesterday. SOXS, you could clearly see the momentum had shifted, uh, and, and it was the start. This one, you went from the open at 87 down to 66. Um, you're trading at 70 today. It's slightly up. Uh, remember, we had that buy-in on October 10th at $70.89. I said the danger of that buy-in is there is a gap below here between 53 and 57. At some point, it's coming down there. There's another gap here um, between 45 and 48. That one's going to be filled as well. You're going to have these gaps filled. And the danger is when you buy into these quote-unquote rallies, um, you want to be careful. Um, Let me pull the volume indicator. Where is it? Um, I want to look at the volume shelves a little bit more close towards this last high, which was July. And I'm looking at SOXS. Still got those gaps, but see here, look at the volume. And and I only pulled that back to July 1st. So from July 1st, which was a semi-high, the next couple of days, July 5th, um, seems to be the high. But this is using the algorithm on four-hour charts. 
Look at those volume shelves. This means that almost everybody who's, or the majority of people who are holding this stock from July 5th, who had purchased it from July 5th forward, they're holding it down here between 30 and 35. Those are people who timed this bottom and timed it perfectly and have doubled their money. Or they bought in at this second capitulation right here. And that's between 53 and 50. As those people start to see this buckle down, they're going to start selling and you're going to see these volume shelves start to move down and you'll see these volume shelves up here start to move up. Now, now the people who are buying up here, dummies, dummies in my mind, absolute dummies. Um, you know, I won't call them dummies per se because there might be a reason they might be shorting it. You know, you could buy it at this. Who knows? They might be forced to buy it, you know, brokerage houses and blah, blah, blah. But clearly you can see that MACD is kind of crossing down. The RSI is at 58. I think this is just as simple. If I were to look at this and the SOXS, I'd say, you know what? I think the SOXS is going to change and switch course and it's going to be SOXL. Uh, and you can see the gaps up here, not down. Gaps are up. So when you, when you buy this one, you're looking at the gaps. It's trading at $7.96. You're looking at the gaps at $10.37, $11. And you're looking at the gaps here. Shit, I may get in on this one. I like this one. But remember, my, my, my initial, and I always say this, it's a Friday. You don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. Bank of England could come out and say, you know, hey, uh, we're going to start tightening again. All of a sudden, we get back into interest rates, uh, or I'm sorry, bond rates going up and, and equities going down. <clears throat> but I like SOXL at this point in time. <coughs> Sorry, I had to cost. Um, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, going nuts. I mean, they went crazy yesterday. I think 4%, 5% move. JP Morgan Chase has a buy-in at 109. Like I said, anything around 100 was the, the buy-in here. It opened at 101 yesterday. Um, it got all the way up to 110. That's a 10% move in a financial stock in one day. It's unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. Um, let's look at Goldman Sachs, but you did have that cross up there. Goldman Sachs uh, at 109. And, and let me see what JP Morgan's book value is. That's what you want to look at with banks is the book value. Uh, the book value is 85. So you're buying it slightly above book value. Goldman Sachs, he had a cross up at 307. I said anything under 300 is a fantastic buy on this one um, because the book value is 301. Their PE is six. Their earnings are coming up bah, 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 October 17th. So next week, Goldman Sachs reports earnings. Um, let me see. City beat. Morgan Stanley slightly missed. So let's look at City. We can look at that stock to see if we have a cross up. This is in a negative trend. We had a cross up at $43.07. It's trading at $42.97 in pre-market. Um, let's switch over. Let's look at City. I'm going to switch over here and we're going to look at City. I'll, I'll talk about that TQQQ move as well. Um, you can see City came out with their earnings earlier around 8 o'clock. Completely fell. It's recovered. You go down to 41, you've recovered up to 43. <laughs> Again, you can see with that, that big Bollinger Band that traded outside the Bollinger Bands, outside the Bollinger Bands for twice. Once you get inside that Bollinger Band, you usually have confirmation that you're going to start to move up. And obviously trading once you're above that nine day, which is the green, once you're above that nine day, total confirmation. You sell it when it gets uh, kind of doesn't use that nine day as support anymore. Right about here, I'd say 43. Uh, if I had bought at 42, I'd probably sell it here at 43. And, and this is a one minute chart, so it's super, super quick. Um, but that's City. Um, Morgan Stanley, we can look at Morgan Stanley. And they had, again, they had a cross up at, at $43. Morgan Stanley, I personally own. Um, I am way down on this one. I think I bought this at like 109. I chased this one in pre-market. I remember me chasing it when somebody, um, I think there was a famous uh, hedge fund guy who came out and said, yeah, we're buying this. Oh, lost audio? What are you kidding me? What is going on with this? Um, I think I'm still recording on GarageBand. Yeah, I'm still recording on GarageBand. I'm going to pause it. So, sorry, uh, I get told that I lost audio on YouTube, but I guess I didn't. But Morgan Stanley, you have a cross up here at 79.29. 
Uh, the RSI is down at 46. Let's look at the book value of Morgan Stanley. <clears throat> I think it's around 60. Um, book value 55. <clears throat> look at that chart. So you've, you've seen it move from 38 or, or pre-pandemic, uh, right around 51. If, if the reality of the situation is that, that you know, it wants to go back down to pre-pandemic levels, it's going to go down to that 51. But this is, again, this is, shows you the value of buy and hold. That's all this is. Uh, this is a great, great company, really well run. Um, they just bought E-Trade. They're doing well. Um, Netflix came out. Remember how I told you, uh, hey, Netflix had a cross up and I think you could buy it um, at a certain point. Uh, well, that certain point seems to have maybe come yesterday. And the reason I say that is the uh, ad tier came up and they will charge $6.99. Um, $6.99 per month. Uh, you will get, I think they said something like four to five minutes per hour uh, of ads. So it's significantly less than broadcast TV, which uh, I think it's for every 30 minutes, they do 10 minutes of commercials. Um, so it, it, it's significantly less. Uh, you didn't have a cross up. You're still out of this one. The MACD is going to cross up probably today. I would say if you buy this one, if you want to play the earnings on this one, and again, it's gambling on earnings, but if you want to play the earnings on this one, uh, the gap is between 248 and two and 344. I, I don't expect you to get back to 300. Uh, I don't care how many earnings, uh, how much on earnings they actually announce. I just can't imagine that you get back to a situation where this one goes back to 300 within the next couple of months. Um, there's too much competition. The ad-based formula, they are, by the way, you, if you remember, they're using Microsoft's ad base. So Microsoft is getting into the ad space. Apple is getting into the ad space. Um, Amazon is in the ad space. Uh, Google is in the ad space. So Google is the number one. Everybody else is taking charge of that. Uh, you know, the trading desk. You can talk about the trading desk. That's who um, puts a lot of ads into your streaming platforms just from a, a, a technical perspective. Um, you can see they've trended downward. Now, the trading desk, I don't think they're making money. Uh, a personal friend's son uh, was the CEO of trading desk. Look at that PE, though. I mean, it's still, even at this price at 52, this one was all the way up at 110. Uh, I traded this one. I made money. Um, probably, I think it was around right before um, COVID. My Again, my friend's son was the CEO. And he became the CEO and they, they said, hey, it's going to go crazy, blah, blah, blah. And it did go crazy. And I made money off of it. But their PE is 79. They're only down 42%, which most of Kathy Wood's other stuff is, is way, way down. But there's nobody really covering it. Um, there's a Motley Fool article that was published yesterday, or I'm sorry, this morning at 6 or 6 a.m. Is the trading desk a buy? You can buy, look at that one. Uh, if I were to play... Um, the Netflix stuff, I think the safety on Netflix is to invest in Microsoft. It is such a small portion of Microsoft, but I do think those gaps in Microsoft and Microsoft gets some additional revenue. They can probably talk about that on their earnings call on October 25th. I think that's probably something that moves the needle. So I do like it. Now let's talk about uh, something that I read yesterday, Meta, Facebook. They are spending $1.2 billion on this thing called decentralized land. Um, I don't exactly know what it is. It is in the metaverse. Uh, they are selling land in that metaverse. And so they spent $1.2 billion actually developing it. There was a story that came out that for that $1.2 billion, they have 30 active daily users. Um, that to me, symbols dot bomb. It symbols MySpace. Uh, it, it, it just, it, again, the symbolism of the resemblance, I should say, of all of that to kind of, you know, again, are, is, is Zuckerberg out of touch? Um, and, and even the Wall Street Journal reporter had said it. And, and this is where you put your own personal lifestyle 
uh, into the business? Do you use it? Um, because remember, uh, while Facebook is it's being funded by the ads that are on Facebook, it's being funded by um, uh, by Instagram. I use Instagram. Freaking love Instagram. I hate that Instagram uh, went the way that it did. I used to love Instagram with my friends and family's pictures. Just scrolling through pictures, there was no political advertising. There was very few ad. Um, the the stories were pretty good. They weren't okay. Um, but now it's influencer central. Um, you know, it's reels. It, it's the TikTok stuff. Guys, I'm a boomer, a total freaking boomer. And all I want to do is scroll through pictures. That's all I want. Uh, I actually talked to a, a, a developer friend and he's like, yeah, we should just do that one. Yeah, we should just go back to what Instagram was and call it like Restagram or something. Um, but again, $1.2 billion on decentralized land for 30 active users. Guys, I can tell you right now, just right now, just based on my numbers, there's probably 30 people listening to this podcast. I spent zero on this podcast. I don't advertise this podcast. I don't spend a dime on this podcast. And that's a lot of the designers that listened to me who kind of reached out and were so kind. Everybody was so nice. And they're like, yeah, we'll help you with the, 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 the cover art on that stuff. I feel bad taking, taking people's help when I can do it on Canva and I'm going to do it on Canva. And I expect everybody when I change that to give me, um, constructive feedback, not mean feedback, but constructive feedback. Um, because I do enjoy, uh, hearing what you guys want, because again, I do this, I do this for you guys. Um, mainly it's for myself so I can look at these charts and understand what I'm, I'm, uh, investing in. Um, there was one that I wanted to bring up yesterday. Uh, well, I will, br- let me bring up this. There was a, gr- Trendspider did a story on their uh, Instagram last night. And they said, who would you bet on, Kathy Woods or Warren Buffett? Um, because a- a- if you guys don't know, if you look at Berkshire Hathaway and, um, and uh, ARC, uh, for last year and the year before, ARC was greatly outpacing uh, Berkshire. Like, uh, killer killer. Uh, even though she was down last year, she still killed on a five-year basis, uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. This year, she's actually losing on a five-year basis to Berkshire Hathaway. And year to date, Kathy Woods is down 66% in the RK. Um, year to date, Warren Buffett is down 6% on uh, Berkshire Hathaway. And Berkshire Hathaway was actually positive up until June, I think, but it's come back down to, into reality with everybody, everybody else. So the question is, who would you rather bet on, Kathy Woods or uh, Warren Buffett? Uh, leave me a comment, you, know, you guys on YouTube. I'd like to see the vote on that one. So shout out Kathy Woods or Warren Buffett. Personally, uh, I will tell you, I'd probably want Warren Buffett. And, and the only reason I say Warren Buffett is because um, for a very long time, he's been kind of the standard. And I, I, I kind of like that. Again, I'm not um, investing in Roblox. I'm not investing in the ARC stuff. I, I do have money in ARC because I think her strategy makes sense. Um, her strategy makes less sense because I think what people do is take her research and take her nightly buys and then they just buy the stock that they like instead of actually buying her fund. So it actually winds up you know, hurting her in the end. Um, but I wanted to bring up this one, Haynes brand. And I went over this on YouTube yesterday. Uh, and not to get too personal with you, but uh, I just don't like their boxer briefs. Um, the, the material that they use is harsh. Uh, the cotton isn't soft. And I explained a story. I was in Min- um, Minneapolis for Major League Soccer. Um, and this was in August. And uh, I, 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 essentially, I was on the road for, I think, 12, 13 days in a row. And I I needed fresh underwear. I arrived to the hotel on a Saturday. They didn't do uh, laundry over the weekend. I didn't have time to actually go do laundry. Um, I, I didn't ha- even have time to go get woolite and then dry, you know, underwear. Kind of, if you guys don't know, you take woolite, put it in the kitchen, in the uh, bathroom sink, you wash your underwear, and then you kind of blow dry it with the blow dryer, and that's how you dry your underwear. And you get them clean, and you know they don't stink anymore, and they smell like woolite. Um, for all of you hikers out there, you completely understand what I'm saying. Um, you know, you just don't have the blow dryer when you're hiking, um, and merino wool, by the way, for underwear and I'm off on a tangent. I know I do these tangents. 
Um, but Hanes brand, uh, I went into Target and I, I saw, a, I think a six or an eight pack of um, Hanes brand and I felt the material and I was like, oh, God, it's just horrible. But you know, it's only for a couple of days. Let me go buy them. And I passed by Fruit of the Loom and I looked at Fruit of the Loom and I think it was one or $2 more, but the material was so much softer um, and it's so much nicer. And I said, you know, let me just buy Fruit of the Loom instead of Hanes brand. Well, HBI is Hanes brand um, stock. And if you're looking at uh, on my screen, you can clearly see that it's a downward trajectory and this one has just been killed. The algorithm loses you 37% versus 55% buying and holding. Your average win is 7, 7%. Uh, you've only won 21% of the time. And, and most of that 21% is pre-March because since March, you haven't made more than 2%. You, I think you only had one win and it was 2%. Um, their earnings are coming up on November 2nd. Now, this is a cheap, cheap brand. I don't even wear their, uh, their, their t-shirts. I don't wear anything from Hanes brand just because, I, in my opinion, it's cheap. Um, your RSI is kind of in no man's land. It's at 55. The MACD crossed up here at 751. You're trading at 789, which again, that's not a bad move. It's just kind of capitulating. Is there, are there better stocks to, to bet on than this? Probably. I mean, you know, again, your SOXX, your SOXL, you can probably do a better job of trending that one. Um, but it was brought up and it's interesting because it's been beaten up. And, and all, all of the fundamentals, um, when you look at HBI uh, on, on Finviz, if you don't have TrendSpider, just look at the chart on Finviz. You can see it's a downward trending. Look at that orange line right there. I think that's the 200 day, if I'm not mistaken. But that orange line is just, you know, again, it's trending down and it, it's, it's, there's volume up. Um, I can clearly see that the volume is up here um, around COVID times uh, in early 2020. And it's kind of stayed up because look at back here in 2016, 2007, look at 2012 to 2015, the volume was half of what it is today. Um, but it's just getting killed, just getting killed. And, and so I don't, I'm not sure it's actually, actually worthwhile. Um, we can look at a daily chart, uh, and this is just this year. There's no good movement in this. So it was brought up as an opportunity. I, 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 think, I think somebody said, I think it may have been Jesse. Uh, oh, yeah, the dividend. That's what I wanted to bring up. The dividend. Jesse brought it up, 7.72% dividend. But they're paying out all their money. I mean, it's clear with the stock price going from up here at 17 down to 7, they're paying all their money in a dividend, 7.72%. You know what I'd rather have? MPLX, 8% dividend. And you know what? You haven't lost capital value. You haven't lost capital value unless you bought here at the high of 35 back in May. You just haven't lost capital value. And you've gotten an 8% dividend. So I think there's better opportunities out there um, for your dividend. But I, I didn't want to bring that one up. Now, let's talk about energy. Energy just went crazy yesterday, and I'll go over these charts real quick. Um, energy, you're not done in energy. Energy is still fine. Energy is still a quality play. Uh, it may be a little bit overbought at the current time, but COP, you had a, a buy-in here at 106. You're trading at 121. It's still above the nine-day. Uh, you have no volume up here at all for COP. The earnings are coming up November 2nd. Probably wait for this one to come back down into the probably 110 area. But again, you know, it, it's not overplayed. I just wouldn't probably buy in at this time. Devon Energy, personally own it. Um, it's down 0.72%. You're getting this, you had this kind of fake out of this button hook, which just provides you a leg to move higher. Um, the MACD is significantly up. The RSI is at 60. Their earnings are coming up on November 1st. Uh, Devon Energy has, what, an 8% dividend, 7%, 6.45% dividend. So you can wait for that dividend to come out. It, it was just paid September 9th. Um, uh, that's the ex-dividend date, not paid, probably get paid for later this month. Um, but, you know, again, the RSI is out there. Uh, if you guys, for you guys that um, uh, say Warren Buffett over Kathy Woods, Occidental Petroleum. He's been buying 20% stake in this since the beginning of the year. Uh, let's pull this back. We're going to pull this back. 
um, to, yeah, here we go at the beginning of the year. You start buying in the 20s. You're at 68 right now. Uh, clearly, you can see that RSI has come down. It's in no man's land. It's at 50. The, R, the MACD is crossing up for a second time. It hasn't gotten you out. The buy-in was at 61.22 on September 29th. Clearly, still a good stock. Um, and they have a huge dividend as well. Uh, XOM, I personally own this one as well. So the last three, Devon, um, Oxy, and XOM, I personally own them. I own them at significantly uh, less, less dollar amount. But I, I, I still don't think that, look, you're still above that nine day. Um, their earnings are coming out October 27th. The RSI is at 65. I don't know that I'd necessarily buy in. But on weakness, guys, you have to buy into energy. There's a gap here between 88 and 89. Hasn't been filled. Probably will, will be filled at some point in time. Um, they're they're going to announce their earnings. They're up above. They're at 101 today. I, I probably wouldn't buy in. CVX, I said, anything under 160, you should buy in. Um, this one's probably going to 180 again. You're at 164. Um, so I, I, there's gaps down here, but I don't think anytime soon you're going back to those gaps. You have earnings on October 27th, which is a catalyst. This one is just a crazy, crazy, uh, right now it's overbought at 65 on the RSI. So I don't know that I'm necessarily getting in there, but if it dips under 160, I'm absolutely buying into this one again. You know, if I don't have a position in energy and I, and I like Chevron, you've got a good dividend there too. I think it's like, uh, let's see, what's, what's CVX? What, 3%? Uh, 3.44% dividend. Uh, FANG, which is Diamondback Energy. You've got a gap down here between 124 and 125, uh, 123 and 124. Uh, this one above the nine day. The, the buy-in was 119. It's at 145. I like this one. Uh, let's talk about Pioneer Natural Resources. They actually have oil and they have uh, access to, you know, exposure to natural gas. This one has a gap down here between 218 and 225. The buy-in was at 214. Guys, it covered that gap. And now it's it's just sitting on the nine day. Again, that, that MACD is kind of crossing down. The RSI is at 61. I'm not getting into this because they ran up so much yesterday, but you do have earnings coming up. My point in looking at these is energy is still in play. Absolutely still in play. Um, I've got the, the all of the bull bears. I'll kind of go over those. Bull, UPRO, uh, SPXU is a bear. SPXL is a bull. Uh, TQQQ, let's look at TQQQ. And what I want to do is go to uh, Active Trader Pro because I want to show you TQQQ. Uh, I want to show you where I went running yesterday. Uh, so I'm going to go to a two day. Uh, when we were on... Uh, Active trade when we were on YouTube Live, I think I went over this and I said, see how this and now the volumes have changed, these volume shelves right here. But at the time when when we were on YouTube Live, I think it was somewhere around here, 16. And I said, you know, guys, I tend to think that this has some 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 volume here. It has some some support. And I I I I said it at the 15 handle, you absolutely could get it. Well, yesterday I think it got down to 1630 was the low on the open and and then it just rose and it just kept going it had all the confirmation in the world in fact you can see um it traded right here just below the bollinger bands today eh, it's not moving that much let's zoom in on this a little bit um you do have see here where it went below the bollinger bands right at 9:30 there's a 1 minute chart you have some confirmation there to go from 1948 to 1989 now, once you get up towards those upper Bollinger Bands, you scalp it and you sell it. Now, if you're trading on a five-minute chart, a lot of day traders, by the way, have one-minute charts, five-minute charts. Ah, an active trader pro is doing those funky things where I can't change the time frame on a chart now. Um, so I'd have to restart it. I'm just not going to restart it. But I, I wanted to show you guys that one because that's the bull run uh, on uh, Active Trader Pro. Yeah. So uh, those are the, two, you know, and if you want to short the, the ARCs and today, SARK is probably down um, because it's short. It opened up. Oh, it's moving up. But let's look at the ARCs real quick um, because ARCs were way up. Yeah, ARCW was up 4%. It's now only up 2%. 
arc K was up 4%. It's only up 1%. So you're moving, those arcs are kind of moving down. There's pressure on them. Uh, but SARK is the short of that. Now, I do want to, I want to go over all the scans that I have. Um, but before I do that, I posted yesterday on Twitter a chart of Tesla. And I said, hey, there's a gap way back here. And we're going to pull it back to this gap um, where I can show you. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's look at, I think it was the daily. Bum, bum, bum. Was it the daily that had the gap? Um, let's look. It was, uh, yeah. So there we go. Here's the, the chart that I posted on, uh, on Twitter yesterday. Clearly, you can see there's a gap here back in December, November 17th, 2020. There's a daily chart. November 17th, you have this gap, and it is clearly moving towards that gap because if I move the volume chart back to the level of that, uh, that thing, you can see there's still room down here to about 200. It's a 30% move down to this 138 to cover that gap. That gap is way in the past, but it still poses danger. Uh, you don't have a cross-up yet. This is the daily, but you don't have a cross-up yet of Tesla. But I will show you in the four-hour chart, you do have a cross-up of Tesla. I pointed this out as the volume right there at 200 and that gap at 138. You've got some downward pressure here. So if earnings comes out and there, there's some type of inventory problem, there's some type of issue, that could be a, a problem for Tesla with that downward pressure. And that's what I posted yesterday. Now, on the algorithm, when we switch to a four-hour chart, um, I'm going to bring this back here, and we're going to go to... August 15th, which was kind of the high there. Um, you can clearly see the volume chart is right here at 220. And that's where the majority of people, there is a higher volume here at 293 and 300. So in, in a shorter time frame, you've got a catalyst or a magnet, I should say, that's going to pull it up. And you did have a MACD cross up with the RSI at 29. Now, 221 is, is the price, 221.75 is the price that the algorithm puts in there. I'd say 220 is your, your price target here if you want to play this before earnings. And I say before earnings because when I look at, at what I posted yesterday, let me see. Um, I posted from uh, a, a very good um, guy on the internet who, uh, oh, let me look at my profile. Um, who analyzes Tesla and who has a fairly direct line to uh, Warren Buffett. And uh, he says, this is Gary Black, an open letter to Tesla's board of directors. With Tesla seeing its lowest forward PE, 37, uh, on Wall Street 2023 earnings per share, uh, with $18.9 billion in cash and no debt, that's really incredible. Uh, and an investment grade rating, which they just got upgraded to, now seems like an ideal time for the Tesla board of directors to consider a $10 billion share buyback. And he posted this letter. When we go back and we look at this chart, uh, that could be a catalyst with the earnings. If they announce their first buyback, and you guys know, Tesla's board is made up of um, Elon's friends. And Ron, I think... Um, Ron Barron, uh, who is you know one of one of my favorite people on CNBC, is just soft-spoken billionaire who just talks you know very meekly, and and you wouldn't think that he's a shark, but he's an absolute freaking legend. Um, but he talks about Elon all the time, and the board of directors loves Elon. Well, I, I think they Elon specifically wants this price up. He he's a master at quote unquote manipulating the stock price. And I say that with quotes just because I don't think that he manipulates the stock price. But he's buying Twitter. He may need money. I mean, that, if, if you're going to announce a buyback and you've got some, some weak earnings or you've got some, um, some issues, you know, hey, let's push this stock back up to 300. 
So I, I think with that open letter to the board, with that idea that the buyback may be coming, with that type of thing, I may put my second half back into, uh, you know, I, I, I sold half my lot here right before earnings um, last time. And it was because I just wasn't sure of the earnings. Well, boom, they gapped up. And they, it, it started that sore. I didn't buy back in because I look at the RSI. The RSI was crazy at this time. Look at the RSI now. And, and when you get down to this RSI and at 220, look at what it did last time. Kind of floundered a little bit. Then you had earnings. Boom. Well, we're at earnings again. So it, this is why I brought this up is, again, it's a gamble because, you know, while, while Black says, hey, it's the lowest forward PE. The forward PE is 37.57. The PE is 79. That's expensive. It's down 37% year to date. They're going to deliver uh, the, the amount of cars that they said they will deliver. Um, Berlin is up to 100,000. Uh, I think Texas will be up to 100,000. Um, they're continuing to expand their, their, their product line with some probably Cybertruck news that comes out as well. I like it. I, I, again, I may, I may t- do another buy. And, and when I do a buy, I do a rather big buy. I mean, you know, uh, comparatively speaking, um, we're talking, you know, in the tens of thousands. So. I'll let you know if I if I do it. But that's the first scan that I came up with. I was shocked that it came up with a, a, a cross-up this morning, but it did. Morgan Stanley, we went over that cross-up um, right at, and I think they're going to start trending down. So this one may be a negative, but 79.29, it's trading at 76. So you're seeing it move kind of down. It was the, the big candle yesterday is what pulled it up. Another cross-up is AMD, uh, Advanced Micro Devices. This is one that I personally own. I think my average uh, buy-in price is like 83 or something. Um, yeah, I've got a pretty high uh, price on this one. But uh, the buy-in is at 58.92. AMD, again, if we look at the, uh, the kind of uh, fundamentals on it, the, the PE is 24. It's expensive in comparison to the S&P. It's down 60% year-to-date. There is no dividend on this one. If you're going to go into chips, my preference for you to go into would be Qualcomm. Their PE is 10. They didn't have a cross up. Uh, I think they have a two point, they do have a 2.66% dividend. They're down 40% year to date. They're only 8% above their 52 week low. And, and if we go back here and look at the chart of Qualcomm in TrendSpider, um, clearly uh, you can see it, it, it hasn't had another cross up. It got you out with a loss here on October 11th, where I thought 120 was a great buy. Well, it's trading at 112. These guys have to renegotiate with Apple. Um, Microsoft just put them their chips into their Surface tablet. Again, everything that I like. Uh, a business that I've gone over with uh, one of the listeners in Australia. I'm sorry, that's probably offensive, but New Zealand. App Harvest. Love the business, hate the stock. Cross up at 169. Uh, the last cross-up was at 185 on September uh, 27th. You got out with a 10% loss. This is a super volatile stock. Um, your average win is 25%, but you only win um, 29% of the time. So it's, it's, it's definitely not something that I think you could uh, go into without loving this business. Support the business, um, the stock, eh, it's just uh, bad. Disney, I said anything under 100, great buy. It had a cross up yesterday at 96.61. It's trading at 96.82. I would buy this under 100. I, I, again, I think it's a, just a beaten down stock. This is back to, if we look at a weekly, I'm going to bring it back to a weekly, and we go back to COVID, you were trading right in this air, general area. Um, it was in the 80s at the, the, the least of COVID. But pre-COVID, when you look at January, this was a $150 stock. So uh, there's, there's some fundamental reasons why it's down here, um, you know, if we are going into a recession, but they have pricing power. Look, if Delta, uh, you know, reported yesterday that they have pricing power, uh, why doesn't Disney have pricing power? If Delta can fill up their planes and continue to raise prices... Uh, that one had a cross up here at, uh, on October 4th at $30.47. You're trading at $31. Um, and, you know, why do we think Disney doesn't have pricing power? Um, Lee Auto, which is a Chinese automaker, had a cross up. 
at $20.05. It's trading at $19.86. The only reason I bring this up is because the average win is 28%. You, you win uh, 25% of the time, but a one in four shot of making 25% might be worth it. And again, you've kind of put in this floor. That's the only reason why I do this. See this one where it went from 25 up to about 28 or so. But see that volume? You just don't have the volume here to kind of probably do that. But you may have it to push it from 20 to 22. 22 is not a big move. Um, when we pull it back here to the highs, uh, look at that volume. See, or, or I'm sorry, the, yeah, the volume level right there. You're trading at 19. It doesn't have a lot to pull it back up to 22. But if you make it past this 21 mark, probably going to 22. Uh, but that's one. Sundial, which is uh, a retail trader favorite. Uh, make no mistake about it. This is not one that you invest in. This is absolutely one that you trade. The average win is 21%. $2.17 is the buy-in. $2.20 is where it's trading at right now. Uh, this one you need to look at on uh, SDNL because I need to see this volume. Uh, the volume on this one, 6 million in a 10 day, uh, 6.3 million in the 90 day. So it doesn't really have volume level to push it up there, but you can see it, it traded all the way up to 230. And 230, you know, from 220 to 230 is a good move. Um, you know, it, from, a, from a percentage standpoint, it's a good move. Um, SEDG, um, Solar Edge. Um, this is one that I've traded and I've talked about around the 200 mark for quite a while. It had a cross up here at $200.07. You can see just recently, September 14th, this was up in the $300 range. Uh, it's not making money. Uh, let's see. Uh, Solar Edge Technologies. Uh, I think they are. Well, it is making money. 78 is the PE. So it's expensive. Uh, only down 28% year to date. So with a, a beta of 1.25, which is, means it's just super, super volatile. Um, look at the August 5th, 389 price target. Uh, June, $334 price target. Um, here is Zach's is always junk. Business Wire Solar Edge joins Rocky Mountain Power Watts Solar Program, uh, estimating the fair value. That's it's simply Wall Street. That's a great article to read if you want to play this one. I'll probably read it after I get uh, off this podcast. But Solar Edge had a cross up, and I like that one. Plug. This is an EV play. Uh, this is one. I think this is one that Josh Brown on CNBC likes. Nineteen twenty two was the cross up. And you can see here, it's traded all the way up to 30. Um, you, it's just beaten down. The RSI is at 29. That MACD is significantly down. They have earnings coming up here uh, on November 8th. The problem is, look at this. You lost 33 cents per share. You lost 27 cents per share. Continue to slide down. You lose 30 cents per share, but the damn thing flies. So I, I would do my, my best bet on this one. Just do your due diligence. Cisco. Uh, let's look at Cisco. Cisco, the reason I brought it up is this is just a tried and true. This, this survived the dot bomb. And at $40, um, I can't believe that this is uh, this low. This is server um, space. This is you know old technology. Um, the PE is at 14. The forward PE is 10. It's got a 3.74% dividend. Um, September 21st, Barclays came out, said equal weight. But, you know, look in August, look at those price targets. There's nothing at 40. Most of them are in the, you know, uh, high 40s to low 50s. Uh, but it's just has not, this is the year, just has not been a good stock this year. Technology has been taken down. But Cisco, eh, if we're, we're down there and we're at, you know, the bottom there, then probably a good one to look at. Um, another one, we talked about Duke Energy having a cross up yesterday and getting beat down. This is Southern Company. This is my electric company. This is, they own Georgia Power. And um, look at this one. I mean, it's just over from September down here. It's just been beaten up. This is just like Duke Energy. Now, the MACD has crossed up at $64, $64.04. I couldn't find anything on FinViz that tells me why this, this dropped like this other than 
hey, we're going into a recession and people, you know, energy prices are going up. Well, they're a utility, so they can't raise their prices just overnight. They're regulated. Southern Company is regulated. Duke Energy is regulated. If input costs go up, they can't raise their rates um, fluidly enough to actually cover those costs. So you're seeing it go down. Now, here's what you have to know. If we are going to a recession and energy prices do go up, there will always be ways for these guys to make money. There's always ways out. There's always valuation that will come back. So at $64, eh, you know, let's look at uh, Southern Company. Because I, what I want, really wanted to show you is, look at this, August 4th, $87. We're trading at $60. $87 is the most recent. If we look at Duke Energy, um, and, we, and we do the same thing, uh, 17 PE. 15 forward PE. Look at the look at this the August 5th. They put it to 114. It's trading at 89. Trading at 89. Let's look at uh Southern Company's PE. Duke Energy is 17. Southern Company is 22. So Duke Energy probably has a better shot at it than 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 Southern Company. But I just like that downturn specifically in a utility, um, just because I think it does have an opportunity to bounce back. So those are my scans. That's it. Um, I, I think I've done about an hour. But uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Hit me up. I'm going to kind of take out. Uh, oh, let's look at SKT. Um, this is Tanger. Uh, I particularly like Tanger. I like their outlets. Um, Jesse wants me to look at SKT. Look at that. 1402. Uh, you still got confirmation. You have a couple of, ca couple of catalysts here, 66 on the RSI. Uh, the dividend date is October 28th. The earnings date is November 2nd. Their dividend is significant. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. That's, that's one to hold on for it. 4.99%. Uh, um, you can see it's, it's clearly got a range here. Uh, and these are two. Yeah, look at that upward range at 18. Think you sell it, Jesse? My take on this one is: if you're in profit, um, you have to decide. Okay, is this the top of the button hook? See the button hook there at 18? Are we heading back up there because you've covered this gap? See that gap between 15 and 1587? You've covered that. So uh, I don't see a reason for you to sell it. But in this market, if you've got profits. Um, you know, again, I, I would say get out of it before the November 2nd earnings. Uh, it still has some confirmation because it's above that nine day. Um, so I don't want to get you out too early. This gap here is covered back here. That's been covered on the way up and the way down. Um, so that's irrelevant, but I would say before earnings, I, I would get out of this one. Now, another one, the other one that I traded with Tanger was SPG. Um, and this is one that just hasn't, you know, it, you had a cross up here, September 28th at 9124. Uh, that RSI has moved up a little bit at 58, but, um, you're trading at 96. You still have a gap up here between 102 and 104. I, in my mind, if you're not in Simon or Tanger and you wanted to get into a mall, this is one that you'd get into to cover that gap from 98 to 102, 104. Um, it's not quite 10%, but I think you could make 10% because I think it'll cover that gap and continue to go up. Your earnings are October 31st. Uh, this will be if, if, you know, they, they, they typically trade in tandem, Simon and, and Tanger. Um, Simon has a, or I'm sorry, Tanger has a 5% dividend. I think SPG has like a seven, yeah, 7.3% dividend. They're down 40% year to date. I mean, you know. Tanger is kind of probably the same kind of thing. Uh, they're only down 16% year to date. So I, I, I do like, I like Tanger. I mean, Tanger's just been the cheaper one to trade. It's got a lower dividend. It's got a higher beta score, so you can typically make money. Your average win on this is 13%. You actually win almost 30% of the time. So uh, the algorithm makes you 25%. Buying and holding the asset, though, makes you 156%. So this one just, you know, again, outlet malls just, they're always packed. By the way, ARCA's turned negative. 
So I'm looking at the averages. We've turned negative. Um, so it's a rough day. But after yesterday, I'll take a rough day. Um, Amazon is down at 111. Uh, Apple is almost crossing 140 again, below it. Um, CrowdStrike down at 150. Ethereum is up 3%, ETHE. GBTC is up 1.24%. Uh, I'm just looking at my stocks. Um, Morgan Stanley down 3%. We're getting killed. Uh, probably expected after yesterday. Um, it's a Friday. I'm going to hang out on YouTube. If you guys are still listening on the podcast, thank you for listening. Thank you to all the supporters. Thank you for everybody. Um, I will talk to you guys later. Have fun.